Welcome to Series 5 of Industry Minds. My name's Owen Woodgate from Tax for Actors. We are over the moon to be sponsoring this series. It really is one of the best yet. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast which discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Kathy Reed, and today I am joined by actor and founder and director of Prep Your Rep, Kaylee O'Connor. Hiya. Hello, Kathy. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. It's it's been a crazy year for us all, but I'm managing to stay on top of things just about. <laughs> Amazing. And you're in uh, Austria today, I believe. I am, yes. I've been teaching over here for the last few weeks um, uh, with my friend's company, which is amazing. I teach English through theatre, music, and we talk about the difference in cultures and, uh, yeah, just to better the children's English here through being creative together. So, yeah, I feel very lucky. Fantastic. That sounds so great. So, as always, we start with a word association game. So you just need to say the first thing that pops into your head when you hear these words, okay? Perfect. Sunshine. My niece. Relaxation. um, Spas and countryside. Halloween. My birthday. Your birthday? Is your birthday Halloween? (laughs) It's near Halloween. So every birthday, like pretty much, like especially when I was in my early 20s, my housemates and I would throw this big sort of joint birthday Halloween party and it just reminds me of the crazy house parties we used to have. (laughs) Amazing. David Attenborough. Oh, love. Right. Do you follow him on Instagram? Do I? I'm one of the millions who do. I know. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Mary Poppins. Oh, adore. Swings. Terrifying. (laughs) Wine. Ugh. red red <laughs> red wine love a red wine amazing so Kelly, we always start at the very beginning what got you into the arts this question comes up a lot and uh, honestly I think it was being inspired by my older sister and being at a primary school that really encouraged us to be creative and they really spotted out the kids that would thrive in that sort of industry and they supported us from such a young age and provided um, musicals, shows, choirs and um, concerts and yeah I think my primary school and my big sister really. Yeah, that's amazing because most most kind of um, schools, well, not most schools, but certainly the school that I went to was super academic. And although they provided like concerts and choirs and everything, when I was like, oh, yeah. I want to do musical theatre, they were like, um, have you thought about doing <laughs> French? And I was like, that's, that's not what I said at all. No, I'm very, very lucky. Our um, head, um, our head of the year, of the school, Liz Pescops, an incredible woman. She was actually on This Is Your Life um, for the work that she'd put into education and her students. And um, yeah, I feel very lucky to have, have been to a school like that from such a young age, be encouraged to do what I clearly naturally loved, you know. And these were, you know, I was going to schools with kids that weren't very privileged in many ways and would never have had that sort of access to learning about that industry and um yeah it was really really special 
Definitely. That's a really good point that you bring up there actually about kind of like education and access and privilege in in the arts and I think that the arts can well it is a very expensive place especially some drama schools um and the prices just seem to go up and up and up and obviously the training's incredible but the vast majority of people can't can't afford that um unless they get a scholarship or or anything and and those those funding that those funding platforms are very far far and few between at the moment so few and far between sorry um and it's it seems like it's getting a little bit harder than it ever was before um which is difficult however that being said we're using our voices a lot more and I think we're standing up what we believe in a lot more and that's only a good thing yeah Absolutely, 100%. So just getting straight on to mental health, what have your experiences been with mental health over the years? Um, up and down, really. I mean, I'd like to say I'm pretty consistent, but that's not that's not true. Um, and I think as I sort of approached my mid-20s to late-20s and my life experiences seemed to be coming, <laughs> seemed to bring me new challenges that I didn't expect to face in relationships, um, in jobs, in life generally. Um, I've definitely had a few dips. Uh, how I've dealt with that has been through acknowledging it um, to start off with and understanding that it's okay to not be okay. I'm the type of person that my whole life has sort of been all right and has been the one that helps her friends and is there for people. And um, I've often forgotten about myself a lot and I've put myself last. And I think I've been like that since I was very young and my mum and dad will say that too. Um, So it's something that I'm really trying to acknowledge as I get older so that I can deal with my mental health in a, in a, a more healthy way for sure. Um, This industry has tested that uh, for sure. And I will go into detail if, if, um, if we get there, but um, yeah, I've definitely had my, my low points for sure. Yeah. And do you think that obviously you mentioned getting into your kind of like mid late twenties with it, do you think it gets easier to acknowledge kind of the struggles that you're going through as you get older, or do you think it's always just dependent on the situation just from your experience? From my experience, it gets easier to address and deal with from my personal experience, but that's um, because of the people I'm around, the people I surround myself with, the way my life has been sort of, um, I want to say structured, but it's not structured at all. I feel like our life has so many different paths it can take and you have control over that to a degree. Um, I also believe that there's a lot of fate involved, but hard work helps, you know, um, for you to sort of um, shape your life in the way you want it to be shaped. Um, That being said, I know lots of people who are a lot older than me who really struggle to address it. And uh, you could say that's a generational thing. But again, I think it's really dependent on each individual and how how they sort of um, prioritise their life. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so thinking about kind of your time in the industry, before we get on to um, kind of the parts you played and stuff, what are some of the main kind of approaches that you've maybe seen shift throughout your time in the industry? So from when you started to, to, to now, so that could be kind of from a, from a casting point of view, from an agent's point of view, um, from your point of view, is there anything that you've seen uh, a big shift in over your time in the industry so far? Yeah, I definitely think hierarchy 
is a shift that we're starting to see and you're probably thinking what do you mean by that and what I mean by that is a big part of why I set up Prep Your Rep which is what we'll talk about later I'm sure is because I wanted to bridge that gap of the them and the us and I feel like when I first started out it very much felt like we were the actors they were the directors the producers the choreographers and the the from what we consider at that young age, the the people with the money. Now, we all know that's not how it is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if only it was for, for so many of our friends that are that side of the table, um, in inverted commas. Um, but yeah, I think now it's becoming more of a, a united sort of uh, creative platform. Uh, I think we've got a long way to go with that. And I, I really hope that we can get to a point whereby we walk in a room and it's just working together and making it work without feeling like there's a, a literal divide with a table and chairs. Um, so that I feel is definitely getting um, better for the in terms of how the industry is moving forward. I ask myself whether that's an age thing and maybe I'm dealing with walking in a room a bit better than I used to. That could be it. But equally, after having lots of chats with creatives, producers over the last few years, I definitely think they're making a conscious decision to make that sort of um, open feeling when you walk in a room a lot easier and a lot happier for us all, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something we talk about a lot on the podcast when we get the people who aren't actors on how it is a tricky business for everyone. And it can mm. seem when you're an actor, it kind of can seem that you're at the bottom of the ladder because you're not the one who's making the decisions you don't get to decide if you get the job or not you just have to do your best and and go in the room but the producers are still struggling to raise the money to support everyone to make sure that everything's going right the casting directors need to get the right people in the agents are trying to get their clients and it's not necessarily although it can very much seem like it and also there's way more actors than there are of like the other groups of people so sure, yeah. naturally it's just gonna it is gonna seem like that but I think that's a def- definitely a very positive change that you're seeing. I, I, abs- I absolutely think so um there's there's lots of fighting to do for all of us and um I think it's great that we're all starting to use our voices back to that sort of subject again and I think the more we do the more change we will see um there's a whole other conversation we could have about casting brackets and what that means and um you know whether that's gender um sexuality uh the color of our skin uh the size we are there's a lot of work we need to do when it comes to that as well and I'm I'm very um happy to uh discuss that uh openly now whereas before I would have been afraid out of fear of um, upsetting someone in the industry and um, affecting my potential work but now I just think you know what if if I'm not in a room full of people that I want to work with and you know I connect with then do you know what that job's not for me and that's okay yeah. uh, so that's that's another sort of conversation to be had for sure yeah absolutely so getting on to your um your career you've worked uh in leading theatrical productions across the west end in uk from the likes of cats to uh mary poppins you famously put on a concert about how you had consistently covered lead roles in your career but you'd not actually got to play them which is just the worst bad luck but what made you put on this concert um hard work i think 
I I think I'm lucky. I can laugh at myself. I think laughing at yourself is such a superpower, um, especially in our industry. My God, if we can't laugh at ourselves, I don't think we could really survive um, healthily anyway. Um, and I had so many stories that were just ridiculous that I just couldn't help myself. I was like, I have to share them. And um, it's funny, I say people have to listen to what I've said again to really let that sort of not going on um, sentence like get through to them. They're like, hang on a minute, sorry, you've never been on. And I'm like, no, I'd I'd never, I'd never been on. And I had so many like moments where it was nearly going to happen. For example, my first show, The Fantastics in the West End, I was understudying the phenomenal Lorna Want. Um, Olivier, you know, award-winning Lorna One, who just, it just blows my mind that I was even in a, I mean, in working with these kinds of people still, um, who are now my friends. Um, you know, I, we, we, the show was 55 years plus on Broadway and in the West End, I think we lasted a month. Um, and that was with an amazing cast, um, Hadley Fraser, Clive Rowe, Edward Petherbridge, incredible. And, um, I fell in love with it. It was really beautiful. It was really quirky. And Lorna had a, a booked a wedding to go to. And um, the week that uh, her wedding was, was the week after the, the show closed. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, you know? So my luck with that started out pretty quickly. And then going into Wizard of Oz, I was understudying Dorothy. I got called in uh, by my company manager and um, they were like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to be on today. So I was getting ready for my matinee and Michael Crawford um, called me into his dressing room and said, I'm really excited about this. If I can do anything for you. I had Hannah Waddingham take me aside. And, you know, I was like, I'm about to play Dorothy at the London Palladium with this incredible cast. And then it didn't happen because they decided to come in last minute and and play the show um, after calling in uh, potentially sick so you know these these things happen and um and again I what could I do get angry at that or or laugh at it yes I was upset yes it was frustrating but for me the only thing to do is laugh and go this is this is just my luck right now and you know I, I was I was even grateful to be part of such a wonderful team and 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 performing on that stage so I had no right to to let that sort of go anywhere else other than laugh really and there's so many other stories that I, I won't tell you about that are just hilarious. I mean, if I do another show, maybe you can come along and <laughs> see, see, see for yourself. But um, yeah, do you want me to tell you about the moment I did get on? Yes, go for it. So so eight years into my career, I was playing Gumby Cat on the, the European, sorry, the China tour of Cats. And then I went on to the European tour. And in Shanghai, I got my big moment as Grizabella and it was life-changing. I mean, all that hard work of understudying and never going on for the last eight years just went into this beautiful role that Andrew Lloyd Webber has so, you know, beautifully written the music for. And um, having all those uh, friends of mine on that stage with me while singing this iconic number to uh, over 2,500 people, Oh, that was that was it for me. I was just like, I'm done now. If I if I don't get to do anything else, I'm happy because my hard work was just it paid off, you know. And even the cabarets that I wrote, the fact that I got to write those cabarets that was such a it was such a niche subject matter, and I got to just be silly and rewrite versions of the songs that I would have sung had I gone on. 
you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I'd been on every role I did. And and they brought beautiful memories. So, yeah. Yeah. I just got goosebumps when you were, like, saying about memory and seeing it in front of people. I, like, you know, that big bit when she, like, goes oh, on belly and stuff. Oh, it must be incredible. <laughs> That's so Honestly, lovely. Was, and the support that I have to mention, my beautiful cast of cats, like the support from them all behind me because they knew like my story as well I I couldn't have been given I mean I'm getting goosebumps because I just feel so 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 much gratitude for that and uh, you know um yeah I, I I just feel really blessed to have been given these opportunities and I think um yeah it was all worth it if anything you know the fight for it and the love for it was even stronger than ever because of the journey that I took. Yeah, amazing. That's so lovely to hear. Um, And I think it's easy in this industry to feel like we aren't progressing in our career because we're always focusing on the next thing. Um, And it's easy to forget how much you've achieved when you are struggling. And this can come in many forms. So um, such as trying to change agent or getting that next job that you want, um, maybe that you feel you should be getting, uh, that you maybe not getting into the drama school that you wanted to get into. I imagine covering roles eight years into your career could fit into this too. In your experience, what advice would you offer to someone who's maybe getting frustrated at their career progression? Absolutely what you said, Kathy. Always acknowledge the the little successes, the small wins. I think it's so powerful. Um, I actually did a post recently about this and how we have to try and live in the moment a little bit more. Uh, especially given the circumstances of this crazy world that we're living in right now. No one predicted this would happen. But what that has positively given us is time to really reflect and think about what matters to us and what we find truly important in our lives. And um, I hope that when we go back into this industry, we will be able to celebrate those small wins and not constantly worry about how we can be better than that person that we're sort of uh, thinking about that we so often do, Um, how we can further ourselves and listen I'm all about career progression I think it's really important you know you don't go into a, a another job and and think oh I'm just going to stay on the same wage and I'm going to stay in the same role for 10 to 15 years I think climbing up that ladder is really important in our industry it's harder to do that you know um yeah. but I think for me I the the power of no is very important there's a time and a place to do it but um I started to do that and I definitely started to see a change in my career um by saying no to things that weren't weren't going to fulfill me weren't going to make me happy I think different jobs bring you different things in life I've done some shows that the job itself has fulfilled me so much and I've got so much from it from the creatives from the team Uh, there's been other jobs that haven't given me that but I've had so many life experiences within that character building um and uh understanding a lot about myself that I needed to learn during that time so I think it's not always about going okay how can I progress as uh, from a career point of view you're always progressing whether that's career-based or um sort of a personal development um, perspective there's always progression and you've got to find those moments and appreciate them um but yeah I think it's a it's a really interesting uh, topic to talk about because as performers what do we all want we just want to be the best we're disciplined we're uh, we want to we want to um we want to please people we're people pleasers yeah. we really are you know so um yeah, my advice is be brave, 
take time to reflect. I think reflection is incredibly powerful. Um, also, if you're feeling unfulfilled, create opportunities, make your own magic. I understudied for up to eight years, but within that time, I played lead roles in fringe venues, uh, upstairs at the gatehouse, Polly in Crazy Few was one of my favorite roles I've played to date. Um, I didn't get paid very much, but the experience was was wonderful. Again, I don't recommend that we should be doing our job for free all the time. However, if you can, and if you do have that opportunity, then take them, you know? I did a lovely role at the union in Bad Girls and um, putting myself out there to, to just sort of do what I love, singing in concerts. So there's lots of ways we can progress. It doesn't have to just be that sort of um, traditional way in terms of climbing up the ladder financially or, um, yeah, literally, if you know what yeah. I mean. Absolutely. Very good advice. Very good advice. So let's get on to Prep Your Rep. Now, you are the founder and director of Prep Your Rep, an establishment for professionals focusing on well-being, support, craft and training. Now, what started as a rep service has turned into a leading community for performers and mentors. Why did you decide to start Prep Your Rep? Oh, Prep Your Rep makes me so happy. Um, Why did I decide to start Prep Your Rep? So, flashback to two years ago being in China in my hotel and all of my castmates well a few of my castmates asking me for advice on what they should sing for their auditions that were coming up that sort of you know brilliant time where the auditions are are creeping in while we're working you know and um I spent about an hour on each friend sort of talking through what they saw their casting as a lot of them didn't really know and um helping them with audition song choices I have quite an expansive knowledge when it comes to musical theatre repertoire and it comes to the old school sort of golden age stuff I grew up with it with my grandparents my family my parents whatever so that's always been sort of instilled in me and then as I got older and went to arts ed and discovered contemporary musical theatre what even is that oh my god this is cool a new way of singing um <laughs> I got quite passionate about the new songwriters. So when I was doing Wizard of Oz, I produced a um, few concerts and flew some American composers over to England and we put on uh, their concerts. So Jonathan Reed Gelt, uh, Bobby Cronin, Cumin and Diamond, Natalie Weiss, David R., Casey Levy's husband. And I sort of did it with my sisters and a friend, Matthew Barrow, And I didn't really use my name because I was worried that people wouldn't take this 21-year-old seriously. So I sort of did that whilst I was doing Wizard of Oz. And it was wonderful. And I was getting to know all of this music. So yeah, I started Prep Your Repertoire because friends were reaching out. I realized that I had a skill I didn't know I had. And I decided to make a business from it. I love helping people. I get a kick out of that. And I wanted to exercise a different part of my brain whilst performing. And that did all of the above, really. And now it's just grown arms and legs. And it, the, the Prep Your Repertoire service is kind of like a, a little side <laughs> side sort of um, a taster. Do you know what I mean? A little, yeah. a, a little you know, of, of what we offer. So that's why I started it. Totally. And I remember using it um, very much at the beginning I think it was I think you you, had a, you got yourself a bargain Bambi. I got myself a great deal on it um a couple of years ago when you were when you were putting it out there and it's just been amazing to see 
how it has grown over the last couple of years and really, really quite quickly, which is just fantastic because it's obviously so needed for, for people in the industry. Um, if you can, what's your goal with Prep Your Route? Do you have a, an end goal for it or is it just ever evolving to the industry? Um, no, 100%. So on that note, with with obviously it growing arms and legs, it, it's I started to realise that in the About Me section for these um, for the song choices, lots of people weren't very nice about themselves and they were very insecure. And a lot of what they were saying when I listened to their vocal reels didn't match up. And I wanted to know where that came from, you know. Um, so I decided to start the Motivational Mornings. So I really created that support network where I could uh, combine life coaching, um, the holistic approach with acting through song, choreography, and everything that I think we need as a performer. So to start off with, it was really to provide that support network. And now I've obviously got courses that I provide, um, a membership, and so much more. And I think for me, it's just about creating this safe place for performers to go, professionals, you know, this, so many people think it's like just for graduates or, or students. We have very few graduates and I'd love to introduce more because I think it's an incredible opportunity to connect with the industry, with creatives in the industry and other actors in the industry who are like-minded and have the same approach to life as you do. So I feel like um, after doing research, you know, a year and a half ago when I built this Motivational Morning Network, I was that first sort of um, UK-based service that provided a holistic approach to performing and combining that all together so my goals are just to create a network that connects people with the the right kind of people that are going to fulfill them and make them feel like they can be the best versions of themselves as human beings inside the industry and outside the industry and I want to create a space where uh, all of those people can come together and and successfully do that feeling comfortable and confident in their own skin uh, without the fear of judgment and worry and anxiety and when we do address those feelings I want them to feel like they can fully do that without worrying that there's any sort of um, again judgment. Yeah absolutely I, I think that's so important because I think in this industry we do feel judged because but we're not not that not that we are judged but it's someone's judgment of our talent that gets us a job or not and so you naturally think that other performers do that as well but it's just about creating that amazing support network and what and willing other people to do it well and wanting other people to do well um yeah 100%. and it really yeah it, it really can affect your mental health um mm-hmm. in your opinion how does continuing to train after graduation help your mental health and mindset why did we do it in the first place? We train because we love it. I started dance classes from a young age. I then started singing classes. That started because we loved it. We kept going to those classes because we loved it. Why wouldn't we continue that after training, you know? And listen, I'd be lying if I said I've, I've done that for the last 10 years. There's been times where I've been pretty um, quiet when it comes to training and I have to train when I'm in the right headspace. So um, I'm all about balance and consistency, but at the same time, it's okay to not have to always do it or overload that sort of um, training mindset. Um, and that's why I like to uh, sort of create this balanced um, sort of service. 
such as motivational mornings and our check-ins and stuff so that it's not too much for everyone. I definitely think you can benefit. I think it's a great way to connect with other performers, but also other teachers that are potentially going to, you know, offer you work in the future. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. One of the things we're really passionate about at Tax for Actors is education. Education about tax, about self-employment, about finance. I've seen firsthand how a lack of education regarding tax and finance can have a detrimental impact on someone's career, but also on their mental health. The stress of managing money, the stress of where that next paycheck is going to come from really can't be underestimated. And I guess that's one of the driving forces behind Tax Fractors. Yes, we want to help you with your self-assessment. Yes, we want to act as your accountant. But more importantly, we want to be part of your support network as you navigate through the various stages of your career, whether that's the ups or whether that's the downs. We want to be there by your side, offering our support and our advice. So if we can help you out, our contact details can be found in the show notes or you can drop us an email on owen at taxforactors.com. Enough of me talking. Enjoy the rest of the show. I've got a little little bit from Scarlett here. She's not here today because she's working, but um, Scarlett had the honour of joining one of your workshops last year and she said that it was so unique because she actually felt seen and heard and she was able to push her skills like she hasn't done at a workshop before. And there's a lot of workshops out there that make a lot of money and that is, that's their sole purpose really, um, or it appears to be. And especially more so now when people are... Uh, kind of struggling and it's targeting a lot of performers who who just need that at the moment what advice would you offer to someone listening to this to ensure that they go to the right kind of workshop for them that's really going to benefit them I mean for me um I totally agree with you Kathy and I mean I have to be careful what I say here because I'm such a supportive person and I I very much um recommend to my members and my clients to try out other services and to not only just stick with me because I think variety is the spice of life you know um but I think you have to be really careful and I think you should always taste her I think try it out once see how they make you feel if you feel like your authentic self and that you're going away with that fire in your belly they might be the right person for you I don't like to push uh, my services too much, especially the membership, because for me, word of mouth is always the most powerful tool there is out there. And, um, you know, it's how do I like to hear about things when my friends recommend them? So, of course, I have to think about how I feel as as someone coming in. Um, The reason I set up this service was to help people. I have so much... uh, care for other people in the industry especially based on my experiences within the industry and how that can be so up and down and I want to give everyone the tools or recommend the people that can provide them with the tools to get the best out of this life that we're living because um I think that's just you know vital and I think you can tell when a teacher is doing it for or or a coach or a business owner is doing it out of love and when they're doing it out of financial gain there's so many overpriced services out there right now. And for me, that's daylight robbery. I have started, I had to really think carefully when I started building my business up again during this very difficult time. 
And of course, I started out giving away my free motivational mornings. And I was lucky enough to have the teachers that were willing to do that for me as well. Gradually over time, I then started to do it, donate what you can. I started to see what people could donate. And then I looked at that and started providing a sort of figure that I think was going to be reasonable. And even now, I mean, one of my members said before, actually, she was just like, I can't believe how cheap this is, Kaylee. And we're so grateful that it's affordable for us because there's so many people out there that aren't providing that affordable service right now. And we're all in this together. You know, we're all struggling together. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you just have to be really careful. And I think word of mouth and just like I said, tasting and yeah. um, seeing how things are, are, are for like one session or so to really get an idea of whether it's the right place for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. I totally get you. I mean, certainly a few years ago, I was doing a lot of workshops because I felt that I wasn't getting in the room. And I was like, oh, well, if I do a workshop with this casting director, they'll they'll bring me in the room. And uh, I know someone who might have got an addition from, from this and it's just not the case. And you end up spending like upwards of about like 200 quid for like three or four sessions with someone where you literally get up for about five to seven minutes to sing and then you watch everyone else sing. And I found that those things knocked my confidence more than built them up. Um, I went to several of them and I was just, at the time I convinced myself that it wasn't a waste of my money, but it kind of was a waste of my money. Um, And I think that you're so right. If there is an opportunity to do a taste session, like so important that you make sure that you're getting what you need out of it. Like Mm. some people might've got stuff out of the workshops that I went to, but for me traveling to the other side of London, sit there for three hours to get up and stand for less than 10 minutes is not, it's not okay. For our acting through song sessions, I did a um, poll before I started them Mm. on what was the, what was the average time people got up and sang for acting through song sessions the average time was about eight minutes. Yeah. I'm sorry, but as a performer, I know that I'm not going to be able to get to as much as I would like for the price that I'm paying for eight minutes worth of work. So I decided to double that. And what we offer is 15 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. You'll get at least 15 minutes working with them. And um, if there's, you know, if there's an opportunity to extend that, we certainly will. Um, I pick the people and the creatives very carefully when it comes to prep Europe because they are representing our ethos mm-hmm. so um I like to think that all of the coaches and teachers we have on board will certainly have the same sort of morals and the same um approach to caring for you guys as as I do that's really important to me yeah. because at the end of the day it's all about helping each other out you know and I'm very much a part of it as well so you know, we've got a self-tape challenge that uh, our full WAC members are a part of. And I do them with them. I do a self-tape as well every month. So yeah. it's it's um, it's important to look after each other for sure. But at the same time, I have to counteract with this with there are other um, companies out there that are doing a brilliant job and they do care and they do have that sort of um, same approach as I do for sure. Yeah, of course, of course. So... You put a post on Instagram a few days ago, actually, uh, we're recording this in September, asking for people's experiences of feeling stuck and tied to one place, specifically London, I think. Um, I'm mentioning that we don't allow ourselves to travel for personal development for fear of missing out. Is that something that you struggled with in your career? And what are your thoughts on it now? 
Totally. I mean, listen, what more personal development and uh, sort of self-development is there than traveling and seeing the world and being part of different cultures? China changed my life in so many ways. And I know a lot of my castmates will say the same. Listen, there were times where it tested us and it was hard, but equally there was so much beauty in it. And the same when we went to Europe. And I, I have to question, and when I go on holiday, you know, and I pick up um, certain things that I had no idea about before. And I think, why as actors do we wait for something to happen and stop certain things that we want to do in our lives for something to happen? And it's all out of fear of missing out. Why do we feel like we're stuck and tied to this sort of particular time scale when we have so much time in life to like do what we want and uh, and grow and experience life in its fullest form, you know? Um, there's this whole thing where you have to job hop, you know, and we're always, yeah. you know, setting up those auditions for when we're in a job. And I'm like, oh my God, the stress of that, of like putting that pressure on ourselves to job hop is just too much for me. I just think, you know, when the jobs are there and they're right, they will happen. But for me, I've got to a stage in my life where my life choices and my happiness will um, sort of definitely go before my my stubborn uh, old school approach to feeling like success is constant performing work. Um, I don't think that's the case. People won't forget who you are. Um, mm -hmm. People, you know, people move on very quickly. On the flip side of that, they have so many people to get through. Like the minute you're in that room and you walk out, they have to think about the next person they're about to see. So um, I think by approaching our life with living in the moment and understanding what you want for yourself right here and now, and making the choices that are going to make you happy in that moment, whether that's staying in London and doing something different or traveling somewhere and experiencing a different kind of life, then go and do that and, and you know, do it without fearing missing out of, uh, without worrying that you're going to be judged or without thinking you're going to be forgotten about, because I certainly don't think that's the case. And the minute the time is right to get back in that audition room, if you're right for that job and if you're ready for that job, it will work out. I really, truly believe that. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Uh, I've spoken on here before about how I didn't go on holiday for three years after graduation, just in case something came up because it was, oh, well, this is casting and oh, well, this is casting. And did I get auditions for them? No. So, and I just completely yeah. wasted my time. And the thing is, Cathy, like you said before, that could, if someone else could have made that choice and they would have got an audition and they might have got that job. Hmm. But what I should have could I like might have is such a sort of slippery slope to 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 sort of um, constantly address. So I think there are times in your career where you have to be pretty disciplined with your with your structure and with the choices that you're going to make. But it depends what you want from that year. And if what you want from that year is to just focus on getting in the room, focus on getting those auditions, then yes, we are going to have to compromise. We're going to have to put things on hold. However, I don't think that should always be the case. And I don't think that is always the case for people who think it's the case. I think actually with a bit more self-reflection and understanding of what tr truly makes you happy, I, I think it would be interesting to see what outcome you would choose. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I know I know from just my experience and my kind of personal development over the last year or so what I choose now, but that's just me personally, um, as you say. <laughs> so um, 
On the topic of social media, we love Prep Your Ref and all the honesty online that you put out there, uh, from body image to filters. Um, what made you start chatting about that? I mean, body image is our industry, isn't it? Uh, it's mm. such a big part of it. And all the topics I talk about on Prep Your Ref are very much industry based alongside uh, alongside life as well you know uh, I think what makes us different to other communities out there is the fact that we really talk about <clears throat> career combined with life and body image is both of those things mm-hmm. and um, especially for the people that really invest in prep your rep you know it's, it's such a big topic for us all I didn't think I struggled with body image until I, again, did quite a bit of reflection and I realised that I've been struggling with it for a very, very long time. Um, Some of the feedback I've had in my auditions has been really pretty awful um, when it comes to acknowledging uh, my physical um, body structure, let's say. Um, I I won't mention shows, but I'll just tell you a few things I've been told. And this is coming from a girl that's size, I've ranged from size eight to size end of the 12 spectrum over my sort of last 10, 15 years. Um, at the time I was a size 10, I was told I had to lose weight. I, I was waiting for the, the call as to whether I was going to get the job or not. My agent said to me, this is the worst kind of phone call I like having with my clients. Um, and um, this casting director said that you do need to lose weight. Um, and that was on, on my final call. So we'd done all our finals and I was waiting to see whether I got the job. Now, did I need to hear that? No. Did they know the shape of my body at the beginning of this sort of nine audition, you know, um, process? Yes. So why did they need to tell me that? And also the shape of my body had no effect on that story or that show whatsoever. So I felt very passionate about sort of starting to talk about this a little bit more. I've been told I'm frumpy. I've been told I'm too womanly. I've been told, um, I'm too curvy to play a certain role. Um, and this is just me. This is this is one person within this industry. So how many other people do we think have heard this and worse? <laughs> Hundreds and thousands. So therefore, I want to talk about that. I want people to feel like they can speak out. I've refused to audition for one particular show because I don't want my children to look up on that stage and feel like certain types have to look a certain way to be a certain person in life. So I think it's about standing your ground and standing up for what you believe in and um, giving ourselves a, we all have a platform now, everyone does, you know, and I think we have to use them in the most positive way possible. The amount of messages I'd get from those body image posts was just like, oh my God, I, I saw me, you know, we have to be seen. And that's coming from a white girl. This is coming from a white girl who's a size 10, Imagine all the people out there who um, who have been going through so much worse over the last, you know, however many years and um, <clears throat> have felt like they are a part of this huge minority within our business. Um, I can't even begin to understand how that must feel. So, yeah, I feel very st- strongly about that for sure. Yeah, I do. And on that note of um, body types and how we sort of perceive ourselves and how others perceive ourselves, I I hold casting um, confidence workshops and it's quite an interesting conversation that we have a lot of the time because, of course, when we walk in that room, that panel have already put us, they've got an idea of what we are and that's based on stereotypes and stereotypes are there for a reason. So we can't fight against those stereotypes. However... 
there's a huge part of me that battles with that sentence in itself because I think we can in terms of um when we have a platform to tell stories and create um so I think it's a really interesting topic I think it's one that is definitely um creating uh, there's definitely more conversation around this happening but still I think we need to start testing it a little bit more and pushing it a little bit more when it comes to um where we where we can see ourselves within this industry and that conversation that we can have as an actor with a producer as an actor with a director as an actor with a choreographer I think that just needs to needs to be more conversation for sure absolutely because I mean what is a leading lady what is a leading man what is Mm. the best friend Mm. role like why does it have to look a certain way Mm. and I Mm. sincerely hope that as we start to move forward kind of going into 2021 god knows what's going to happen but that when we start Mm. putting just putting society on stage rather than this kind of like inverted commas like perfect vision of this and that which exactly exactly roll their eyes at a hundred percent a hundred percent I certainly do (laughs) so just before we finish what do you do to look after your own mental health um good question I what do I do I surround myself with the right people I surround myself with the people that are going to support me make me feel good make me feel myself and I at the moment at the moment I'm actually not being very good because I'm putting so much energy into this beautiful business that I have um but when I am being very good I like to move my body I like to do HIIT training um I like yoga and more importantly I like just going for a lovely glass of wine with a friend and just talking talking for me is such therapy whether that's over a glass of wine over a cup of tea and a cake um or after you know after a FaceTime because that's how 2020 feels right now (laughs) um but um yeah talking for me is a huge part of how I help my mental health um (laughs) I also find cleaning extremely therapeutic and and, uh, yeah I, I if you see if you see the marigolds are out then you're like right Kels Kels needs a bit of time to herself to self self reflect surrounding myself with the right people is definitely key 100% so yeah yeah. but also do you know what a huge part of why I've been able to survive this year so well is my um prep your family and I I really truly mean that um we started a membership uh, a month and a half ago I think we've got 30 members now and just having our green room chats our one-on-one sessions I get just as much out of those as as they do. Yeah. And um I didn't anticipate that for myself. I really didn't. And um just having our Facebook community group and being able to check in there and share our own experiences inside again and outside the industry. It's been a real it's been a real blessing for me for sure this year. So I think being part of a community definitely helps. Amazing. And I'm sure it's a blessing for all those who have become members with you and are, are gaining loads from from what you're offering I yeah. think it's really fantastic it's beautiful and do you know what Cassie seeing the progression already like oh my god the confidence that, that's growing and the the feeling of being part of something I think <clears throat> I've been asking them what they've been feeling they've been getting out of this membership uh, most recently and a lot of them are just 
so happy to just be part of a community where they they understand each other and you know I've got two of my friends in Mary Poppins are, are members you know I've got people who I get to share a stage with every night who I also get to share a community with well not not at the moment obviously but sharing this community with them is really special as well and I really yeah I'd encourage anyone to to just join a community whether that is prep your rep whether that's you know somewhere else whether that's even career based it doesn't have to be part of your career being part of a badminton team a tennis team or something you know just being around people and being part of a community honestly I think it can save lives I really do yeah definitely so a final question for you, which we ask everyone. Could you walk into a room today and say, I'm having a bad mental health day? Yes, cool. I could. Yeah. Do you want me to expand on that? You don't need to if you don't want to. We literally ask everyone it and the answers are always different. It's only yeah. personal to you. Yeah, no, I can. I, I apologise. I, well, I just sort of say apologies. This is usually what I say. Apologies if I'm not myself today. I'm having a bit of a day. Yeah, that's what I'll say, and my friends will get it. And because I, I, I often fear that I'm extremely um, hyper vigilant, and I have always had this sort of ability to be able to pick up on people's energy or how they're feeling in advance. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. I sound like I feel like I'm a witch. I don't at all, (laughs) but I'm hypersensitive when it comes to people's energies. So then when my energy is not quite itself, I'm very aware of how that might make other people feel. So for me, it's really important to anticipate that in a room and say, apologies, guys, I'm not quite myself today. I'm having a, um, I'm having a day. Yeah. Having a day, which we all do from, from time mm. to time. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much. We have another game for you just before I let you go. So this is called Finish the Sentence. Okay, lovely. Okay. Love it. I love, love it, this love one. It. If I were stranded on a desert island, my one item would be? Do you know what's coming to my head? Strawberries, which is ridiculous. That can be your item. (laughs) Strawberries, strawberries. How much can we do with that? (laughs) A book I'd recommend to everyone is? Mm. Oh, good one. Oh, this is really hard because lots of different kinds of books are coming into my head. Do you know the reader is really good? Okay. It's it's cool. it's just a, a nice story. It's um yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. The reader. My dead or alive party guest would be. I think David Attenborough. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Did you but I think the reason I'm saying that is because you planted it in my yeah. mind earlier. because uh, I'd all I'd also be fascinated with Judy, Judy Garland. Yep. Definitely. Um yeah. My fave Netflix watch is? Oh, good one. <laughs> Do you want my guilty pleasure or my like, actual fave? How about um, both? <laughs> okay, yeah, we can do that. Oh, God, there's so many. My guilty pleasure is selling sunsets. Don't judge me. Not judging. Um, <laughs> uh, or judge away because it's, it's brilliant. Uh, it's hilarious. Um, really, really good watch. Uh, I just finished watching The Fall. Ah, how did that you was find really good. It? You liked it. I, the, I, I got to the point at the end where I was kind of watching it in the background, but for the first few, I definitely felt. I mean, I love Gillian Anderson. She is, 
just queen. smoking hot. And yeah. she's just about to do, speaking of queens, she's mm. just about to be in the new crown, isn't she? Yeah, she is. I'm excited for that. So that's interesting. The one that just got me over, over lockdown was the one with the Irish guy. Oh my God. Paul, with Paul Masculine. Oh, um, normal people. Normal people. Normal people. The soundtrack, the actors, gorgeous, heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Absolute yeah. class that was. Uh, mental health to me is... Uh, mental health to me is mm, good question mental health to me is well mental health is your being mental ill health is when it's you know not so great so mental health I've really learned over the years is definitely just your being yeah and your your soul and your happiness I think great answer uh everyone should be more honest yeah we've had that a few times actually um Mm. a positive of 2020 has been prep your rep community building our membership our membership I just yeah feel very very lucky fantastic and finally today I am grateful for today I am grateful for opportunities amazing thank you so much for joining us it's been a real pleasure and thank you so much for having me i am in awe of the work that you guys are doing and on behalf of the industry if i'm even allowed to be (laughs) just thank thank you thank you for everything you're doing for us all so so grateful thank you thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of industry minds if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can reach us on our email, which is info at industryminds.co.uk. For all counselling inquiries, please email mary at industryminds.co.uk. You can find us on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram handles are at industrymindsuk. There you can keep up to date with all our latest announcements. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next